Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Keith Mori. For over two decades, Keith has researched innovative ways to combat the underlying cause of illness. The knowledge gained from his research enabled him to understand chronic illness and the major dysfunctions that are destroying modern health today. Today, we are talking about liver gallbladder cleansing, benefits and protocols, and we are offering a group liver flush via Sophia Health Institute. We're really excited to share this with you, and this prompted my conversation today with Keith as we're using a lot of his experience and products and integrating that into the experience that we've gained collectively at Sophia Health Institute through our colon therapist, Kim Todd, as well as our uh, health coach, Ellen Delario, and then our nutritionist, Eva Christensen. So I hope that you uh, take a look at that program in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. Welcome, Keith. I'm really excited to interview you today. I look forward to it. It's It's been a long time since we've talked and actually gone over things like this. I know, I know. I was so excited to reconnect with you at a recent seminar with Dr. Klinghardt, and I've really known you since I've started working with Dr. Klinghardt now about 10 years ago, and I've always just been super curious and impressed with um, your products and your formulations, and um, you've always been such a strong proponent and advocate of really focusing on the liver and the gallbladder and this being such a key area to focus on in recovering our patient's health. No matter what the chronic ailment um, anyone is suffering from, there is such a big role in getting the bile flowing. And so I am really excited to share not only um, your work, but uh, this conversation is also really geared around we're here, we're in springtime, we're also um, being really creative in how we share our work right now at Sophia now that everyone is, you know, staying at home. So we are getting ready to launch our uh, spring liver flush program uh, with your guidance and your protocols. And so I'm just really excited to pick your brain today. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So Keith, before we jump into the nuts and bolts of what a gallbladder flush is and really your approach and, you know, really um, for everyone who's curious how they can implement this into their own health and maybe join us on our group liver flush, how did you really get to know all this work and really what um, what was your story and really becoming the expert that you are today um, in the natural product world? Well, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, life isn't about making money, it's about uh, success in what you want to be in your life. So I was, believe it or not, I was in the mortgage business for like 14 years. And, but I wasn't happy because when I got into it, I was helping people. And then the bad guys got in and they were overcharging. And then I looked like a lawyer, you know, negative. People looked at me as negative and I just hated it. And I kind of self-destructed because my inner soul wanted to go somewhere else. And so I was kind of into supplements um, and I was taking them. I bought like 700 of one supplement and I was giving it away when I had all this money, right? And um, so when I self-destructed and I lost everything, lost everything, I, I, I got evicted from my house and everything. And I said, you know, I'm going to do what I enjoy. And I enjoy fixing things and helping people. And so I said, you know, I'm going to do supplements. And I stumbled onto MSM and I opened the market to MSM and that opened my eyes. And when I did MSM, I actually got jaundice, but I felt better. And MSM is still the third most powerful product in the world for overall health. And I've been taking 12 grams for the last uh, 26 years every day. So anyway, so that's how I kind of got in here. Uh, but I found I had a niche. I, I was an analytical person and I, I looked at a problem at what caused this to occur? Where did the chain break in the body? And I've come up to three primary things that cause illness. Fungus and mold caused from antibiotic use. And antibiotics is like causes everything. Low body temperature, right? is number two, and number three is root canals. Now, that lumps my world that I think 80% of all health is related to those three things, okay? I'd agree with so you. Let's just, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's, let's look at why we're doing a liver gallbladder flush. 
because that's one of the first things I realized that was the hub. I mean, the, the gallbladder is just this little mechanism for storing bile. And what is bile? Well, bile is a recycling plant, believe it or not. It takes it lymph system, which is this fluid in between cells. It's like uh, it's like the sewage, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, plumbing. And it has to have movement to flush. That's why a lot of people that lay in bed when they're sick is probably not all that good for them because they're not moving the lymph system. Um, but anyway, the lymph system comes down to the liver with all its waste material. Then you take used cholesterol, and then you take the spleen crushes the red blood cells with all the minerals and bonds it together and makes bile. And it's called bile acid. And the gallbladder stores that. The problem is we've had infections and and we've taken antibiotics probably at one or two years old, destroys two-thirds of your digestive tract off and turn the fungus and mold that's supposed to stay in the digestive tract and never get into the system. It permeates through into the bloodstream and it hides in cavities, the gallbladder, sinus, lower colon, vaginal canal, because the cavity is a... Um, a very difficult uh, arena for the the immune system to get it because it only can attack from the outside in, not the inside out. So you have all these cavities, these four main cavities that proliferate infection and you're not even aware of it. So the gallbladder gets clogged up with this infection and impedes the flow of bile. And the more, the worse you are, the more it impedes it. And bile is made in the liver. So when it can't get out, it, it backs up into the liver. So you malfunction in the liver. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. But what does bile do? You know, when I first got it, I didn't know what it did. It actually emulsifies the fat that you ingest, breaks, allows the enzymes to break it up into cholesterol. And then cholesterol um, actually in the skin the sun converts the cholesterol into a chemical that goes to the kidney to make vitamin D. So if you're low on vitamin D, you got a clogged up gallbladder, okay? Because you could have all the sun you ever wanted. If there's no cholesterol in your skin, you're not going to convert to vitamin D. Hmm. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but that's a great tip. Because so many of our patients have low vitamin D and what, in spite of supplementation or even you know, from a, um, getting in the sun or a, even a UV lamp, they um, they have a hard time getting that um, their levels up. So that's a great reframe of uh, low vitamin D. So if you have this cholesterol now, so it basically, you know, comes, you know, breaks down the oil to cholesterol and then cholesterol in the digestive tract makes pregnenolone, the master hormone to all hormones, all hormones are based off of pregnenolone. And then the pregnenolone feeds uh, the adrenals to make estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHA, everything is made out of pregnenolone. And what do hormones do? A lot of people don't really understand. Hormones regulate things. Heart function, liver function, moodiness, sex drive, immune function. Everything relates, everything in the body is directed by hormones. So if you don't emulsify the fat and make cholesterol and don't make pregnenolone and don't go to the adrenals to break it up, you basically become hormone deficient. So I I talk about the seven symptoms of a fungal infection, which is basically a craving for carbohydrates, moodier than you'd care to admit to, sex drive not what you would like it to be, short-term memory, hypoglycemic, that means fatigue mid-afternoon, a little anxious if you haven't eaten, Fatty foods aren't setting well with the digestive tract, and you're getting bloated once in a while. So that gives you a premise of how bad this can get, okay? So when this occurs, um, this hormone deficiency, it starts to have a cascade of malfunctions in the body. And here's the first malfunction. We talked about it. If the gallbladder is clogged up, where does the bile go? Well, the body pushes it back up into the liver. The liver tries to reassimilate it. It has 
trouble doing that because it's like any filtering system, you leave a residue. So imagine this oily, thick bile over time clogging up the liver ducts. And if the liver ducts aren't working properly, you don't make the chemicals in your liver, which everybody knows the liver is the chemical factory of the body, you stop making the chemicals properly, right? And, and the worst part about this is you can't, the liver purifies, it's a, a, one of the first stages of purifying the blood. And then now the second or third stage or fourth stage is going to the kidneys to do a final purification. But if you send dirty blood to the kidneys, now the kidneys malfunction. Well, shoot, you know, <laughs> that's not good. And, and, and then it uses the skin and lung as a third kidney. So if you got psoriasis, eczema, things of that nature, you're getting breakouts or acne, you can bet your bottom dollar your gallbladder's clogged up. Okay, and and this is a mess because uh, that why do you think the elderly um, have so much pneumonia death? You, a lot of a lot of elderly die of pneumonia is because the liver's malfunctioning, they're already clogged up, the kidneys malfunction, goes to the lungs now. Now the lungs malfunction and now they can't they can't get rid of it fast enough. No, and no, you're painting a great picture, and I think you've um, highlighted a lot of symptoms people might might not always um, attribute to really looking at you know the the bile and um, having healthy bile flow and uh, congestion in the liver gallbladder area, and you know just um, like you said, vitamin D deficiency or even hormone deficiencies. While supplementation can you know be important and be absolutely helpful um, to you know, palliate symptoms and support people going a step deeper to like, really, okay, how do we support your body's own ability to hormonal production? I, I, I love that you highlighted that. And, you know, also, I, I mean, I think, of course, antibiotics are overused, Keith, in this country. But, you know, I think about all of the toxicity that we're exposed to, too, that affects our microbiome and, you know, really can make us more prone to this um, dysbiotic flora and fungal overgrowth, um, you know, from things like like heavy metals, right, or even glyphosate, um, which is a um, antibiotic. So there's just we're up against a lot, right, as a um, society. And I, I just think a lot of my patients um, are. It's this cumulative exposure of a lifetime of toxicity um, that really gets us into these, um, you know, situations. And of course, we all know like the importance of detoxification. But you can't detoxify well, or you could have a lot of. Um, you know, either uh, detox reactions or die-off reactions when the lymphatic system is impaired or the bile system is impaired. So I think, um, no, I'm, I'm so excited you're highlighting all of this. And so, so obviously, you know, we got to get the liver and the, um, the gallbladder and the bile flowing. And you mentioned, um, you know, all of these factors. And so it's kind of this chicken or egg, or maybe you address it all at once. How, um, so we're talking about a liver gallbladder flush, right? So walk us through really what are we accomplishing in a liver gallbladder flush? And we can talk about pre and post support as well. But um, if this is a new topic to people, what are we ex what are we talking about with a liver gallbladder flush? Because if you Google that these days, there's a lot of um, naysayers, right, that say, oh, that, that doesn't work. That's nonsense. That's, you know, this and that. So I just really, I, I know you've done so much coaching and helped so many people through this. And I've seen people absolutely improve with this modality. So I just want to, yeah, just make sure people understand what we're talking about. Oh, uh, I just want to, I, I want I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do. But one thing I forgot to mention is Diabetes. Mm -hmm. right? Everybody's getting diabetes. Why? Because the the gallbladder duct going into the digestive tract at the it could be at the top of it or at the bottom of it or directly into it, but the pancreas ties into that duct to go into the digestive tract to release insulin. Right? When the the liver duct, the gallbladder duct, excuse me, gets blocked up. The bile goes into the pancreas and initially pisses it off and spits out insulin. So you become, why are you always hypoglycemic before you're diabetic? It's because the bile's pissing it off and making it spit out insulin, right? 
eventually the bile acid damages the pancreas and you become diabetic. Mm. That's not talked okay. about. Yeah, that's not talked about enough. And you know, people can Google right. It's the um, is it the sphincter of Odi or I can't. Or this is um, probably before you know my anatomy classes are you know now ten years ago or more. But um, but yeah, it's just what people can visualize the you know the bile um, ducts and the where the pancreatic um, outflow into the intestines they kind of merge right so if you have this yeah. bile overflow or bile congestion that can this backs right up yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah such a great point because so many of my patients even in spite of a healthy diet and they're doing their best um, they um, have um, you know glucose issues right so they have a high fasting glucose or you know, insulin issues. And we, we see that a lot in our chronically ill patients. Well, I just had a, a surgeon, a dental surgeon. Uh, he was talking about that he had to eat all the time and he had to have sugars and he was forced to and everything. And literally he did a little 11 day detox and literally all that went away in like four days. It was gone. He has none of those. Oh, wow. So it's a huge factor in all these things, but let's talk about the process because that's why we're here. So what are we trying to achieve? Why we're trying to get a blocked up gallbladder and, and you're going to hear doctors say, Oh, the stone's going to get stuck in there. You know, you're, you know, you're going to have to have an operation and everything. I've been doing this for 26 years, at least 20 years doing liver gallbladder flushes, never seen a stone clogged, but I've had, people ready for operations, at least two dozen, signed up to be operated on, do a flush, and all the stones are gone. They don't know what the hell happened. The doctors, oh, that can't be. It can't be, right? Well, I hate to tell you, it can be. And um, so it is awesome because who wants to be operated on? And your life is miserable because you still have a, a, you have to have a gallbladder duck and it can still get clogged up, so you really haven't fixed your problem, right? That's the problem. You haven't fixed it. So what we're trying to do here is make it easy for the body to do this. So what we do, and I'll tell you why I do these things, is the um, first thing is I do something um, O2 cleanse to in the the day before to push all this waste material down the digestive tract. Basically, it's magnesium oxide, magnesium hydroxide. When you chase it with uh, a lemon juice, the citric acid combined with the hydrochloric acid breaks the magnesium from the oxygen, and you saturate your bowels with oxygen, causing diarrhea, right? But it pushes all the waste material down the digestive tract. So the next morning, you, you wake up and you take... Uh, potassium. Now, why do you take potassium? Really, new salt, or uh, you can take um, uh, new salt, or it's called a salt salt substitute because it's 99% potassium chloride. And potassium is what protects the liver from waste material. And so, if you have a clogged up liver, you have uh, all this waste material, and you got all this potassium protecting the liver. So when you dump all this stuff out of the gallbladder and then all this waste material that's been pinned up, backed up into the liver, and it goes out, you lose a lot of potassium. So you want to make sure when you're having diarrhea and you lose your electrolytes, the primary one being potassium in this case, right? Most people have enough sodium. You, you want to have extra potassium so that you don't get any potassium deficiency, okay? So the uh, next thing is you take a gallbladder mixture, and it's like 100 ingredients, mainly to dilate the bile duct, um, to make the liver produce more bile so you have pressure to push it out, and so it dilates incredibly well. So you never have to really, I've never had anybody get a stone because it dilates so much and the pressure of more bile being produced pushes it right out. But now you got all this bile and you got to, you, you, you stimulate it by oil. Now, people in the past have used um, olive oil, 
And olive oil works, and it's heavy, it's thick. You know, you can even get a lighter form, it's even better. But almond oil tastes delicious. You blend almond oil and grapefruit together, and and it goes down like a smoothie. I haven't tried okay. the almond oil. Yeah, that's great. I, that's a new tip. Okay. So when you do this, the, the sensor, just like any sensor in a car or a machine, says, oh, there's all this oil, open up the duck. And when it opens up the duck, the gallbladder duck, now because we've dilated, it doesn't like to close very rapidly, right? And so now the liver says, hey, that thing's open. I can dump all this thing I've been waiting for for years to get out. You're not going to believe what comes out of your body. It's, it's crazy. Anything that floats is coming from your liver, right? Um, everybody says, oh, it's just the oil uh, with waste material. No, believe me. Green, yellow is bile, right? And that bile is coming from your liver. And if it's rolling down there with all the trash that's been accumulated in your liver, you're going to see these stones floating. You're going to see trash floating. Anything you see there is coming out of your bowels that have been there for a while. And we'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, so now you've got it all open. It's going out. Here's the problem, and I, I can't emphasize it enough. You need to listen and read the, the program because if you get so much bile and all this waste material is coming out, but you only have the oil that was in the original four ounces of olive oil, I mean almond oil, and four ounces of grapefruit, is that it will eat it up in in you know anywhere from a half hour in some cases uh, uh, to an hour in other cases or an hour and a half. But this is where you have to pay attention to your body. If you feel queasy, then the oil's gone. It's been eaten up by all, so much bile. And at that point, you have to feed the beast, <laughs> right? And so you have to take more. So you, if we do uh, uh, basically an almond oil, grapefruit, and uh, right, like I think an hour after we take the uh, gallbladder mixture, and then an hour later, we take another one, okay? If you have, let's say it's your first one and you've done your gallbladder mixture, and it's 45 minutes, not an hour, and you feel slightly queasy and you didn't feel that before, take the oil early, right? Because it's telling you that, hey, the bile's coming. It's already dilated. It's so backed up. It's coming regardless of the oil, right? And you need to put the oil in there so it has something to digest. Then again, the second time you do it, an hour later, um, you just reset your clock to the time you take it, and then you take it again an hour later. But if it's half an hour, I had one woman, the first time she did it, and she was young, it, she did it in 20 minutes, she had to take more oil <laughs> at the first time going around. She took the oil, and then 20 minutes later, she had to take the second round because so much came out of her. And you know that it works is because you feel better and you don't feel the nauseousness or the, you don't get nauseous, but the queasiness goes away in five to 10 minutes, okay? So the second one, you if you need to take it early, take it early. It's not going to hurt you, okay? And then you go to the, you know, there's other little steps in between, but those things you can take or they're optional, right? But you go again and you're supposed to go, just so I'm going to go in sequence, uh, potato. Um, Potassium, half hour later, you take the gallbladder mixture. An hour later, you take uh, olive oil, uh, almond oil, grapefruit. An hour later, you take almond oil, grapefruit. And two and a half hours later, you take the O2 cleanse to push everything down the track. Now, anytime in between that, you can take it early, right? But let's say you've done the two almond oil, grapefruits, and let's just say... You know, half hour later, you feel queasy. I, I always, I, I try to diminish the oil at that point, and I go two and two instead of four and four. And that's just a good, but it may not be enough. You may have to take a fourth one, okay? But the odds are 
typically two is good, three is common, but not that common, and four is very uncommon, okay? But here's where people, they just want to be done with it, especially the first one, because it drains you, because you're talking about 20, 30 years of waste material built up, all this stuff coming out of you, all these poisons, and the body just wants it out, and it just drains you, right? Um, here, here's the thing. You go to the point where you're supposed to take the O2 cleanse, right? The last one. And right before you start to feel queasy, you better take some more oil and wait another two and a half hours. Because when you mix water and magnesium oxide with bile and oil, you're guaranteed to get nauseous and throw up. If you're mechanical, like I'm telling you, and you just pay attention to your body, you feel a little queasy. Oh, taking it early is not going to hurt you. Now, the only time I have a problem outside this range is when somebody comes into the process potassium deficient, right? And that means you do this extra bile and you got all this diarrhea and it's depleting the potassium levels. And when you take the oil and you feel queasy and it didn't help, then you know it's potassium. You know you got to put a few, you know, pinches under your tongue with a little sip of water and you swish it around a little sip. You don't want to mix water with all these oils and stuff. And and you, by doing so, um, you get that potassium in there and you try to get to about a third of a teaspoon of it slowly, right? You don't want to, you know, because if you take potassium too rapidly, you're going to get nauseous in and of itself. But, you know, you, you'll be able to monitor it, take a little, you'll feel a little better, you know, take a little bit, you feel a little better, you know, until the point where it doesn't make you feel better, then you stop. But you wait, you know, about three or four minutes in between. Anyway, that's that's the crux of it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so it's the one, the one day, so the day before, you know, you're taking the O2 cleanse and potassium, correct? Correct. And then the whole, the flush is actually a day where your body is going to be really processing this oil. Um, so you have our, um, you know, we have the gallbladder um, formula. Can you just um, share maybe some of your, I know there's a lot of ingredients in the gallbladder formula, but maybe a couple like your top three of um, herbs or nutrients that you want to highlight that really help to open up everything? Well, the, the gallbladder is opened up by minerals. And what I didn't mention about bile, it's a recycling plant for minerals. Remember, we had all that stuff from the, the blood crushed in the spleen going over to make bile acid. Yes. We cannot live on the food and the minerals in our food. We have to recycle the minerals. And the bile is a recycling plant for minerals. So when it comes out, it emulsifies the fat, but then it releases the minerals and the digestive tract takes it back up. Okay. So, um, it, it's crucial that you do all these things, you know, properly. The worst case scenario, I think you throw up and it's usually one time, you don't usually throw up multiple, multiple times unless you're a potassium problem. Right. Um, and that's a rare, 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 rare situation, okay? And, and it's usually, with almond oil, it's not like olive oil. There's no real bad taste to it. It's not, you know, it's just like you're out of you and you're, you're moving forward. And usually don't throw up again, okay? Um, but it's a rarity. So Good. Uh, where are we on this? What yes, yeah, so I, um, yeah, so no, I was just, so minerals are obviously important, um, but are there any other nutrients or herbs that are in oh, the gallbladder yeah, yeah. formula? I, mm-hmm. I I put a lot of different things in there. I know you're very um, creative. Your formulas are very, um, you know, <laughs> jam packed with a lot of you know unique um, herbs and nutrients. And so just yeah, highlighting maybe uh, your top have, three or four. I have taurine. I have uh, carnosine. Um, I'm a very big fan of carnosine. It actually repairs DNA damage. And um, uh, actually, I'm going to make a product here pretty soon just for that purpose of just repairing DNA damage. 
because I have a couple of things I want to add to it. But um, it's it's um, it has some silver in it, but that's just to kind of keep it, everything at bay, not a lot. Um, it has all the 78 trace minerals to support the intestinal tract. As I said, it has a carnosine to actually help repairs, right? It has taurine, which actually produces more bile. It, um, it's, I usually use, um, well, I, I, have a, I have zeolites in it, um, similar zeolites to what, what I use for uh, people that um, uh, like alcohol a little too much, right? Which stops the, uh, pro that process. Um, but in this case, it's just to support the body. And it's one of the best rebuilders of the liver I know of. So it's they're all natural. There's no side effects from them. Um, I've had people do it every other day when they were really toxic. I remember a guy in Texas. He was dumping black tar. Actually, I had a here's an autistic child, uh, seven years old. Um, we did a smaller portion and everything, and his bowel movement literally was black tar. No, nothing but black and tar consistency came out of him, and he was autistic. What do you think? Um, I, I just think it's an accumulation of a backed up uh, system with with an inability to communicate. I. I my, my contention, one of the major causes of, of autism and, and cardiovascular and Alzheimer's and everything is an excess um, uh, free-floating calcium from being acidic. And that, that, that forms and clogs up your tissue and clogs up your organs and, and, and you don't have enough calcium to make disulfonal bonds because it's not usable calcium and um, you need you need a disulfonal bond, a double sulfur bond. So you need sulfur. That's what you really need. If you talk about everybody talks about getting calcium, calcium, calcium. No, sulfur, sulfur, sulfur is what you need. You know, methionine, cysteine, triazine, glutathione, lipoic acid, biotin. That's why I'm an advocate of doing this process with an MSM detox, and that's what sometime we should talk about that in conjunction with doing a liver gallbladder flush. Mm -hmm. We can totally talk about that. And I mean, I guess, um, you know, for my listeners out there, some of them will be like, well, I'm, you know, sulfur sensitive or, you know, even, you know, thinking about the sulfur drug allergy. Can you just um, share your thoughts around sulfur sensitivity? And um, I've never found one person allergic to MSM out of doing tens of thousands of people so what now, is um we um let's take a step back so some people msm they might not know what that is so what is msm okay, mm -hmm. okay. msm is is it's a sulfur compound made out of normally they take wood pulp and they um take this um dmso out of it and then they pour peroxide in to the DMSO and it donates an oxygen to the DMSO turns into a powder, which is MSM, methyl methane. I opened the market to it 26 years ago. Oh, wow. So nature's way, solar ray, cal, jarro. I, I educated people on how it's the third most powerful product in the world for overall health. And I've been taking 12 grams of MSM every day for the last 26 six years or 25 years since I learned about it. I've taken 180 grams IV in the three-hour period. That's six ounces in my bloodstream in, in three hours oh, wow. and no side effects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's totally non-toxic. Now, the thing is, people say, oh, well, I got headache. I got tired. I just, you know, and, you know, I, I, I felt so bad. Well, when you're dumping... Three things occur when you get older. You become dehydrated, become inflexible, and on your way to becoming insulin resistant. And MSM corrects all those three things, pretty much. It addresses it. The reason we become dehydrated is the cell needs sodium 
I mean, excuse me, needs sulfur to help the ionic exchange between the potassium and sodium pump. Without it, you, the, the cell starts to malfunction, shrinks, starts to trap mercury, lead, nickel, cadmium, pesticides, poison into the cell, causing the cell to clog up receptor sites, not allowing glucose, insulin, and other chemicals to operate properly. MSM is 34% sulfur, very bioavailable. The more you take, the better you are. People say, oh, I took five or six grams. Good example. I had a woman that had a asthma. She comes up to my booth. She goes, what do you have for asthma? I said, MSM. That, that's what I would use. She goes, oh, I'm taking eight grams a day and it's not doing anything. You know, MSM doesn't work. I said, yeah, it does. You're just not taking enough. I said, take 25 and see what happens. She wrote a book on how it changed her life. Oh, wow. True story. I still have a book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, see, it was a little paperback, you know, 30 pages about how MSM is a miracle cure. And it is. So anyway, so it opens up the pump, dumps all the mercury lead, you know, cast, you know, I had five times the mercury, double the nickel, double the cadmium of the average person. And when I took it, I got jaundice. Now, I was sicker than 99% of the people I've dealt with, right? And everybody said, stop taking that stuff. And I said, no, but I'm feeling better. And you know something? The jaundice went away, and I feel like a million dollars. I'm, I'm 66. I play 12 to 15 games of racquetball a week. Oh, wow. I have no knees, back, joint problems whatsoever. I take trainers that work out four or five times a week. And I grab them, look straight in the eye like we're going to arm wrestle, and I throw them. <laughs> and I'm not joking. No, you have fun in the process. I have fun. No, I, yeah. I like to show off. <laughs> well, and and the, I really want to tell people they don't have to live this miserable life. Yeah. No, I know that. I know that in your heart that that's why you do this, and I know that you're really passionate about helping people and. No, and I, I know you live and breathe, you know, what you're teaching people today. And, um, you know, Keith, you had mentioned, you know, one of the other primary causes of people being sick um, are root canals. And we actually, Dr. Klinghart always taught me while we're um, supporting people, mitigating the stress from the root canal on the body and before they can go and get to a biological dentist, we give them a lot of MSM. Do you see that connection with... Um, you know, just with all the dental stress and the dental infection, how that really depletes our own innate sulfur in our body and that MSM is a tool to help strengthen the body um, as they prepare to get rid of root canal. Oh, I, I've had thousands of women talk about how their skin got hydrated and softer and their nails grew like a weed and their hair grew like a weed and all those things. But if you look at it, it's the antibiotics that destroyed your digestive tract that basically cause you to be acidic, causing calcium buildup, causing um, uh, blockages and, and things around the body, inhibiting uh, nutrition into the areas. In other words, taking the capillaries and, and limiting their supply chain to the gums and things of that nature. This is all being acidic that causes most of the deaths and cancer is all about being acidic. And that can lead to, how does that affect dental health, in your opinion? Well, if you, if you look at it, the gums have the highest, the gums and the heart have the highest amount of CoQ10 in the body, as in those two uh, uh, tissues, right? Because it needs, if, if you go acidic, the body has to produce, um, uh, you have to stay in a pH range of 7.38 to 7.42, right? If you get out one degree in either direction for an hour, uh, you die, okay? Either direction. So the body sees you start to go acidic because um, the infection itself eats up your trace minerals, which normally bond to amino acids, to make chemicals in your brain and body and to heal and, and, and make you function properly. But basically, the mineral takes the amino acid and makes a chemical that's neutral and keeps the pH proper in the bloodstream. You take all the minerals away because the infection's taking and eating the minerals. You start to go acidic, 
And then all of a sudden, guess what? The body has to pull calcium out of the bone to make calcium bicarbonate, which is like sodium bicarbonate. Uh, it you neutralizes acid like on baby battery cables, right? And so the problem is it's a weak bond and falls apart in your muscles and synovial fluid. It forms free-floating calcium. And this free-floating calcium starts to steal electrons from healthy cells, damaging the cell slightly, but over time can go all the way to the DNA and damage and cause you cancer. Let's let's look at the two primary cancers that, that people talk about, probably more so than any cancers, is breast cancer and prostate cancer. So So why are women getting breast cancer, right? Well, because what is the breast? What are they? They're a lymph system. So the gallbladder is clogged up because of the infection, limiting the flow of, of, of the, the lymph system to get to the liver, right? And, and women like to strap those babies down um, to look good, right? But they don't move the lymph system. The lymph system can is the only way it moves the waste material down is like winding an old watch. You know, you used to move your hand wrist and it would wind itself. The only way, there's no pump on the lymph system. And so it goes into a stagnant pool. So you have a stagnant pool of waste material in the breasts that mostly calcium that's stealing electrons from the healthy tissue, eventually damaging them and causing cancer. Is this making sense? Yeah. You know, I always talk to my female patients um, who have all sorts of things from fibrocystic breast to um, dense breast tissue that, you know, our breasts are lymphatic tissue, right? So we use a lot of um, castor oil and just even other topical lymph drainage. Um, but of course, opening up um, the liver and the gallbladder can help the move move the flow of lymph, as you're, you're saying. So I, I agree. Like, you know, at the... At the end of the day, right, Keith, we can oversimplify a lot of chronic health conditions uh, that there is stagnation in the body, right? And, you know, how do, how do we create more flow in the body? And that essentially uh, translates into greater health. And so, um, so no, I mean, you have so much wisdom. And so I, I love hearing you go down these um, avenues and just circling back to the liver flush that we're sharing information about. So you walked us through the prep and then the day where we're basically, um, you know, drinking the oil, we're surrounding it with um, minerals and nutrients and supporting the body through that. And then, you know, is this just a one day experience or um, how, you know, what do people, um, how do they feel once they get through that one day of oil drinking? What does the next day look like for uh, most people? It's usually fatigue that night, a lot of waste material coming out. In some cases, even the next day, you get a lot of stones and waste material cut down. But by the next night, I mean, that next day's night, um, you're, you're feeling a lot better. Things, things are changing in your life very rapidly. And, and you need to, one doesn't do the job. I had a woman that, uh, I, the, the woman had psoriasis and she was 38 and she made a fist and her, her head would bleed, right? And uh, her dad was uh, the head of uh, dermatology for a Kaiser Hospital. And she had had it for five years. He had tried everything, couldn't do anything. And in 11 days, she was 80% better by doing the liver gallbladder flush and 11-day detox where you kind of clean up the whole body. Oh, wow. Right? And, and, and what the, here's why I mentioned her is she ended up doing 17 of these. Now you say 17, that seems like a lot. And it was over a long period of time, maybe a year and a half or something. But the reason it was so interesting is because when you have a thought, you produce a chemical, and that chemical goes through the lymph system, out thing and out the bowels. But when your gallbladder is clogged up, those chemicals back up into the liver and those things are restored in the liver. So imagine you have a fight and you have these negative chemicals come out. They're stored in the liver, right? And imagine 
the liver builds up and, you know, the, the old, old ones are buried and then there's new ones and new ones on top of that and everything. That's why they call the liver the angry organ, right? So what was happening is she would do a liver gallbladder flush and she would have memories of negative things that, well, some positive things, but mostly negative things that had happened to her in her past, right? And it wasn't until 17 of them that those things stopped coming to her and she felt normal. And I just had a billionaire who, you know, really nice George. Uh, I told him the same story and he called me up that was a month and a half ago and said, Keith, you're right. I just did my 17th and you can't believe the difference. So, you know, this, there's all these nooks and crannies. It's like the sinus cavity, which is an unexplored area. And that's why my, my number one seller is my sinus product. We use that a lot. And I, I'm glad you're mentioning the sinuses because I feel like this is a area of uh, focal infection for a lot of people. And um, yeah, tell us about the sinuses and why well, they the, become overwhelmed. The sinuses have 100 square feet of surface area. Oh, wow. You get a 10 by 10 room in your head right there. And it the infection basically builds this barrier of mucus. And so you've got an incubation. It's like a baby being created of bad bacteria just producing chemicals in your body crazily throughout the whole system. Example, I have my secretary, Jill. When I met her, she had MS. She had had it for 32 years. Um, shaking like a leaf, uh, stuttering, um, not walking straight. And, uh, she was, I just put her in my label room to label things and, and, and do some packages. Right. And so I started to help her out and everything. She got to a point that now she's my office manager and she runs everything. She doesn't shake anymore. She doesn't, um, uh, you know, walk funny. She, she, her perfect speech, every her whole life changed, right? So all of a sudden, she had like, she thought, thought like a seizure, but it wasn't a seizure. And she started to talk like she did when I first met her, right? And I'm saying, wait, you're taking all my stuff, you're doing everything you've gotten in two and a half years, you're like 95% better. You know, what's changed? And we couldn't figure it. And I don't know if she said it or I said it, but she said, let's do a liver. I think she said, it. let's do a, uh, you know, um, a uh, nasal flush. And I have a way of waterboarding people. <laughs> seen that. And, and, and when I did it, a thing popped in a right quadrant and say, same place where she felt the kind of this uh, seizure occurring. 80% of her speech was better. Within three days, it was 100% better. That means that she had a break in her blood-brain barrier, which allowed the pathogen to get into her brain area. And somehow, my nasal one followed it right up in there and, 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 and took care of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we see you know a lot, especially in the world of mold, right? How mold can... Um, when people inhale, inhale mold spores and that can um, change the microbiome in the sinuses where they can not only have fungal overgrowth but bacterial overgrowth and that all produces mycotoxins and biotoxins and that can affect because of the proximity to the brain um, that can affect all sorts of neurological uh, symptoms and pituitary dysfunction and so no I absolutely see that connection of the sinuses and the brain and um, that that's a wonderful story because I know um, you know MS is a very hard illness to treat if you just are looking at conventional um, you know, models of, um, you know, treatment strategies, right? They're, they're, they're not, they're only suppressing their immune system. They're not going through the whole, um, paradigm that we both look at to heal the body. So I think that's wonderful to share that story. Um, so Keith, so we, you know, we covered, you know, a lot and we talked a lot about the liver flush. So just to let's, let's talk about, um, maybe who the liver flush, um, 
you know, is really great for anybody to be cautious about. And, you know, some liver flushes really prepare the body for a couple weeks before doing the flush. Do you find that necessary or do you feel like you're giving people enough support that they can really kind of like jump in and, you know, do this for a few days and, um, you know, get the results we want for them? It's like, you know, these stories, what do they call them? You know, where you hear about this story, it's so outrageous, it's a myth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So people hear about all these stones and they're so hard and their thing. And so the people that do these processes or learn about doing liver gallbladder flushes think they have to address this. 26 years, I've never addressed it because really you just dilate properly and you force that stuff out. You don't, there's nothing to impede. Now, I've never had one. Doesn't mean that maybe I've done probably a hundred thousand people over that time period. Right. Um, never had a problem. Doesn't mean it can happen, but to have a a myth that you have to soften the stones, because if you ever feel a stone, you go pull it out of the toilet. It feels like a sponge. Okay. So my contention is it's not necessary to have prep. If I was going to do any prep at all, it would be, probably taking potassium for a couple of days before. Got it. What about um, enemas and coffee enemas uh, support with flushing? Okay, so uh, I think they're great. I think they're fabulous. Um, What I do is I take my para A, para B. Um, I take uh, like a couple of teaspoons of MSM TMG. Um, I mix it in a, about two ounces of uh, a fleet enema, right? You, you dump all that waste material out of the fleet enema and just put plain water, right? And you insert, um, and then you lay down and you raise your hips and juggle. You're going to have an urge to go to the bathroom for maybe two or three minutes, right? The urge goes away because it's only two ounces and disperses over the colon, but the para A and para B with all its killing agents, right? Natural uh, oils, wormwood, walnut, clove, all these kind of things. You basically can hold that in for you know a few hours during the day when you're walking around. But at night, most of the time you can last all night with this going in and permeating through the lower colon, which is a hard orifice to get to. See, if you take para A, para B in the top and drink it, by the time it gets halfway down, it's been utilized and done. It doesn't get to the lower part. You really need to attack it from both sides. People don't know that. Now, coffee enemas, shoot, I love it. I had the biggest detox I ever had doing a coffee enema, but I put a couple of tablespoons of MSM TMG in there. I oh. put 100 drops of each para A, para B. I put in uh, taurine, right? And I, I put a lot of each. And then I put the coffee with it, and you get a hell of a detox. You're going to have to give us that formula. I haven't, um, you know, I've, um, you know, there's lots of different enemas in our toolkit, right? From coffee enemas to um, we'll use PC and butyrate. I mean, do you feel like that's helpful at all? Or what are your thoughts on phosphatidylcholine? Uh, I don't know a lot about it. Okay. Yeah. We just use that as, um, another kind of oil to stimulate, you know, bioflow. Um, and then that can help also just, um, with shuttling toxins out of the hepatocyte into the biliary ducts. But, um, but, and then there's different antiparasitic enemas, but tell people what your para A and para B oils are. What, what, um, what are they and what do they do? Well, you know, as an accumulation, this is how I made, met Dietrich. Um, I, uh, I was at a show and, uh, and, and I met a woman there and you know her, we won't mention names. And, um, and she looked at the bottle, right? And she wasn't impressed with me, but she was impressed with the bottle, right? She goes, these are Rizol oils. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dana, right? Dana, Ber- yes, uh, Dana yes. uh, Gorman. Uh-huh. Anyway. anyway, and 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 she says, that's Klingart stuff. I said, no, I have the rights to import it. And, uh, and he's 
break in with those rights because he was carrying all the things back in his suitcase to to the clinic. And we had a conversation. I liked him so much. I said, go ahead, do it. It's a small amount of my business, right? And that's where we became friends. Got it. Yeah, no, the, um, they're, you know, herbs and ozonated oils, and they're really powerful antifungal and antiparasitics. So in wrapping up, um, Keith, and on this point, um, so you mentioned that fungus, and I also think parasitic infections can get in the, you know, biliary system. Um, so by pushing out the bile, is that enough? Or do we have to do the para A and para B to really, you know, go after the fungus and make sure that we you know, kill that as well. Okay. So there's no point in pushing out the waste material if you don't kill the infection that caused it to build up. Mm-hmm. I right? agree. Yep. And, and I'll tell you this, I think I'm really good at what I do and I know you're really good at what you do, but you would have to agree that even under the best circumstances, we're lucky to get 90% even if we did it for a year with all our protocols. Once these things get out of control, you can't put them in Pandora's box. You can't put them back in. And so, you know, you can keep the immune system strong enough and you can knock it down 80 to 90%. And if you keep a good diet and everything's good, you, you can last forever. But you cheat a little bit here, you'll cheat a little bit there, and that infection will grow like a weed. And so we have to be, we have, we have a, a nationality of entitlement. <laughs> we, we're entitled to that pizza. We're entitled to that Coke. We're entitled to that. I don't care what the consequences, right? And, and that brings a lot of ill health uh, to our nation. And uh, you can blame the Coke companies, claiming, but basically it's the pharmaceuticals with antibiotics that flared up the need and the want for those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point in that, you know, just in, you know, wrapping up, um, I have seen some of my patients, you know, battle their um, food cravings and, you know, have all this disordered eating and also um, just be really hard on themselves because these intense cravings drive this really bizarre, you know, um, behavior that they don't understand quite. And it, when they put in the context that um, either a parasitic infection or a fungal infection in their body is driving um, this behavior and these food choices, they have a lot more compassion for themselves. And they also can see the shift, you know, once we get that infection um, knocked back, um, they see a change in their behavior and their cravings. And so I just, if people have been struggling with that, I'm just really looking at um, yeah, food choices and food behaviors from this angle is, I think, a very compassionate way to uh, approach it. I, I totally agree. And, and we just have to watch out for the entitlement thing because you won't crave at all. You won't have any desire for carbs. When you really, you know, work with your process, it, it, you, you get down to a point where everything's good. But somebody's eating a donut over there. Oh, you know, I used to like donuts. Oh, I'll just take <laughs> one little bite. That bite turns into two, and two turns in because you're feeding the infection that you only suppressed. You didn't get rid of the whole. You you knocked it to where the immune system could control it, but not get rid of it totally. And and this is why you have to be aware of your diet and everything else. So any, I mean, I know we could talk all day, Keith, but any parting words of wisdom as we wrap up this conversation, we'll be sharing, um, you know, with your podcast um, information about the liver flush that our team at Sophia is going to be um, launching. And of course, they're going to be integrating uh, your products and your work and their experience. So we're, we're really excited. We haven't done um, anything like this before, and we're excited to yeah, just work together and support people in a group environment with something that um, we just know is so powerful for their health. So any any parting words of wisdom? Yeah. Well, um, here's the deal. I've been doing it for so long. You know, if a client calls you, just tie them in with me, three-way in. I, I take calls from 9 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. <laughs> okay? I know you do. I know you do that. Yep. 
So just type me in. We'll talk about it. You'll learn a little bit. I'll learn a little bit because I learned most of my knowledge from my clientele. You know, why did this happen? Yeah, because they tell you, well, this worked, but this didn't. And Mm -hmm. then you kind of see a correlation after a while and you see the direction it's going and then you work on that direction and all of a sudden you've got a product or a, a mechanism or a protocol that all of a sudden is is successful. But the one thing we haven't talked to, and we'll say for another day, is the number two cause of illness. And you can never get better if you have low body temperature. But will that improve with a liver gallbladder flush? It, it can if it's minor, but it takes me... 18 days to fix Hashimoto's or any kind of thyroid uh, low body temperature, but my success rate is unbelievable. Well, you can't add, I, you can't end on that. So how 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 do you fix people? <laughs> well, <laughs> look at okay. First thing, why is low body temperature bad? Okay, is because when you drop below 98.4, you start to deactivate enzymes. What does that mean? they operate slower. And when you get to 97.8, they're running a lot slower because there's like a logarithm. And in like MS, to me, where I would deal with MS, you'll you'll guarantee 90%, 95% is low body temperature with severe fungal infection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? So the mechanics of that is the, um, the infection puts out a bowel movement like an ethanol, like a gasoline, passes the blood-brain barrier, starts to tear down the myelin sheath in the brain. The brain produces enzymes, breaks it up, and all you have is short-term memory. But if you have low body temperature, you can't activate the enzymes fast enough to get rid of the ethanol. Now you make lesions and you have MS. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, complex, but I feel like that's definitely... I mean, what you're saying with the low body temperature is such a low hanging fruit and common denominator for so many things. If you correct that, like correcting pH and correcting, you know, good bioflow, you're going to be a less hospitable um, organism, you know, for all the things that can take hold to create conditions like MS. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the low body temperature is crucial and in turn, you can't digest your food properly chemicals in your brain and body to fight things and to build things up and to brain function properly. And you can't break apart waste material to eliminate properly. So you become a sewage pit. My, my wife, I met her on Valentine's Day 10 years ago. She had chronic fatigue, Epstein-Barr, and, um, and fibromyalgia. And when I heard that she'd been to 12 doctors over 15 years, I knew she had low body temperature because that's the, the, the denominator that no one looks at because no one really knows how to fix low body temperature. And there are ways of doing it. You can do a time-release, time-activated T3 to where your temperature goes up and everything goes, and then you back it off after three weeks afterwards. That's a temporary fix if you don't detox it. If you get them up to temperature and detox them, you're going to have 10 times the better detox. I've taken Lyme people, four Lyme, four out of four had thyroid problems, three had low body temperature, right? Fix the low body temperature, all four, all had it between 15 and 30 years. In 30 days, um, they were um, basically the worst case was 85% better. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, all I, basics. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes we, I, and I, I, I try to get back to my naturopathic roots a lot sometimes when we're dealing with such complex cases and people have been sick for so long, we can make it overcomplicated. And I think the foundations um, like you're talking about are so important to correct. And then you can see all these other things improve. Um, that were seemingly, you know, you know, harder to correct. So I, I completely agree with you, Keith. Mm-hmm. But anyway, low body temperature, you have to fix it to get better um, if, it's be- if it's below 97.8. That's, that's my experience. I learned it just from experience. 
uh, I was having, I was doing 11 day detoxes, helping people just, you know, sharing what I learned. And, uh, the same person, same symptoms against somebody else, the same situation. One had a great, their life changed. The other one didn't have anything going on. It took me two years to figure it was low body temperature. Wow. Thank you for sharing your experience and your wisdom. And then Keith, if people want to learn more about your work and your company and where can people find out more information about you? You know, on your site, you know, the, um, you know, cause I have three, I got a, uh, Physician Standard, under downloads on Physician Standard, it's called the number one cause of all disease, cancer, and divorce. Have <laughs> them read that. Okay. Right? Great. And and uh, that kind of enlightens them to a lot of things we've talked about today. And basically, they go through the practitioners, and, and I'll support, you know, they can call me once in a while, um, but I, I really want to see if I deal with them. I'm on a one-to-one basis. If I I teach somebody how to fish, they can fish forever. So I want the practitioners to learn what I've developed because I, I'm in a unique situation where I do this for fun, right? I do this to make products to help people, and and I want to share it so that, that the practitioner can share with their clientele and we can have a better world around here because right now it's not do, doing too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate your passion and dedication and your time today, Keith, and we'll put all this information in the show notes. And yeah, I know we will be talking again soon. So thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Keith Morey. Please check out his website, Physician Standard, and please check out our group Liver Flesh that we're offering through Sophia Health Institute. You can find information in the show notes. And I hope everyone is staying healthy and safe out there. And thank you so much for your continued support.